Ladies and gentlemen. Okay, here we go. Check it out. Welcome to So Stereotypical, the marketing podcast that helps listeners create targeted media campaigns and effective public relations. With your host, Rachel Cavapel. Hey there, welcome to another episode of So Stereotypical, the marketing podcast where we break down marketing and public relations strategies in a realistic and relatable way. I'm your host, Rachel Cavapel, and in today's episode, we preview a national event called Startup Weekend here on a local level in Fairbanks, Alaska. Startup Weekend Fairbanks 2017 is a 54-hour hands-on experience where participants go from the brainstorm to demo phase in just one weekend. This includes a facilitated pitch night, team formations, and then presentations in front of a panel of industry experts. Today, we talk with the winners of Startup Weekend Fairbanks 2013 about their experience and what it taught them on their way to developing their business, Fairbikes. I'm here with Jennifer Eskridge and John Stoneman of Fair Bikes. Hi. Hey, how are you? Doing well. Good, good. You guys are rolling along still this season because we're here. Literally. Yes, literally, because these two started Fair Bikes, what, two years ago? So we launched officially with our seven bike pilot uh-huh. in September of 2015, mm-hmm. and then we rolled out community-wide, May of 2016. But the story before that ties into the Startup Weekend, yep. Fairbanks, and you guys are previous participants. So first of all, I'll explain a little bit about what is Startup Weekend. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's, it's like taking Pictionary and adding good food and fun people that you may or may not have known before and... And what else? Well, you get together and you practice pitching ideas. Right. And then you create ideas. You're going to pitch to a, to a jury and you build teams around the ideas. It's, it is a lot like Pictionary. It's a lot of fun. It's like a big, giant party game. Except right. you come out with businesses when you're done. Party game. I like that. It is. <laughs> and it's so funny because, um, because I, I've talked to people and invited them to come in the past. And sometimes people are like, oh, no, no, I'm not ready. It's not my time. And I'm like, this is not what you think. This isn't like show up for your MBA. This is like show up and like see how it's really done. Like go all in. So I'd previously attended some demo presentations, but where it really hit me is last year you had invited me to come to the Friday pitch. So kind of explain, that was just kind of a weird scenario to like see all these sticky notes like everywhere. Kind of explain what that process is. Well, okay. So people just start throwing out ideas. And they like get a minute to go out and say what their idea is. And then you start making lists of these sometimes crazy ideas that they have. And then you get post-it notes. And everybody gets like three. So you have to go ahead and vote by putting up post-it notes on your, on your favorite things. You want to vote all three on one? You can, at least I think. Yes, yes, you can. And, um, and so then you end up with these post notes everywhere. And you start seeing crowd favorites pretty soon. Right. You get to see kind of where the traction is gaining. Because they... they they just they kind of pile up, and because they're post-it notes and they're all different colors, there's no peer pressure. People just do what they want to do, right? Um, and so, within the first half an hour or so, you're suddenly looking at like, oh look, we started with 14 interesting ideas, 
but there are six that seem to really capture people's attention. It's like the best, fastest market validation ever. So who determines which ideas? Like when you guys, when you saw Fair Bikes had, uh, who determines which ones will get selected? Um, the group does because of the way they vote with their post-it notes. So you see what it is. It's and an incredibly democratic process. Uh-huh. Because basically everybody there gets to vote. And because you get to vote several times, you get to weight your vote. And sometimes one idea just like really captures everybody's attention to go, this is really it. I really like this. Yeah. And teams form, right? Afterwards. Right. And, and it's actually, that's part I of the I was going to say, if I remember, that was like Wall Street for teams. I need an engineer. I need exactly. a, yeah, okay, yeah. And the fun part for me when we did it the first year was like, we totally just went to lurk and then we stuck around to play because it was just, you people were having fun. And um, we didn't know exactly what it'd be because we didn't come with a whole idea. Like, you're not supposed to come with an idea. And so suddenly I was like, oh, oh, what do we need? And we kind of looked at who we had and we're like, oh, we're going to need engineers. Well, the only engineers in the room were rocket scientists. <laughs> um, but I didn't know that. So I ran over and I grabbed one and I said, oh, you're with us. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and I think maybe just out of fear, grabbed the other two and said, you're with me. <laughs> and, and you just, you run around and you do that. And then pretty soon you've got this team and you throw your idea up and they go, okay, let's figure that out. And so we talk about how it's testing in a safe environment, but there's resources that oh, yeah. teams that have resources to coaches and what else? Can you explain to me the resources? Yeah. So go ahead. Well, I was going to say <clears throat> they bring in mentors and coaches. Mm-hmm. And so you have people come around and speak to each group. And so while you have an idea, you then get people who are able to come in and talk about more specific things, whether it's accounting or small business development or financing and start giving some real data. Because these are just ideas, just you know, land, outlandish ideas. But then they start actually like getting honed into something real. And they start taking shape in a way that is kind of incredible. Because you, because you really take something that's like, whoever heard of this before? And suddenly you go, oh wait, but you know, I really can do something with this. And here's how I can do it. That was actually, I think, the coolest part. Because at first, you're just like a bunch of people standing around saying, oh, what would you do with a blah, 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 right? But then when somebody like Russ Talview comes in, he's actually who I remember, comes in, he sits down and he kind of leans down on his knees and he listens to, he says, okay, so tell me how, you, how far you guys are. And then you do your quick thing. This is what we're doing. And he goes, okay, so, so you're going to want to talk to so-and-so about this. And have you guys thought about this? And suddenly you're like, holy cow. Like he said that, like this could be a thing. Yeah. And suddenly you're like, exactly what you just said. That person didn't just laugh. <laughs> they said, you'll want to speak with so-and-so. And suddenly, I want to speak with so-and-so. Yeah. And and it's like the best version of being sort of, I don't even know. It's I, it's not like Capture the Flag. It's, it's, like, it's like this big team effort where suddenly you're shaping your world. And what started off as a, what would you do with, you know, the, the impossible question, right? If you were the king of the world, mm-hmm. um, to, who I could do this. This could be real. <laughs> It turns out, in fact, they never, when they started doing startup weekends, real businesses were not meant to come out of them. And in fact, they say, don't bring a, don't bring your dream business idea. Come and like be prepared to like do something on the fly because they want to teach you the skills that you'll then take back and apply to your dream business. But in Fairbanks, we've had, I want to say three come out, three real businesses come out of what has been well, so far, only three real 
Stripe weekends. <laughs> right. Right? This would be number four. this is part of a national, like, uh, oh, international. focus. International focus. Yeah, okay. if we pulled up Startup Weekend and asked it to show us on the map, there'd be, like, one in Turkey and one in, you know, Canada and six in the Panhandle and, you know, whatever. Yeah. They'd be all over the place. So we have had unusual success here in Fairbanks. We've had, it's a quirky, yeah, we've had taken a quirky turn. I don't know what, how many of those kinds of things happen in other places. Maybe that's more common than I realize. What I do know is that um, whether they launched the business they came up with at Startup Weekend or not, I think the Kauffman Foundation did some uh, follow-up and 25%, 25% of people who like were on a Startup Weekend team together are still working together on a project, one, some kind of project together a year later. So how was your demo night? Because you two are obviously still working together. Yeah. So how was the, the demo with, during when you guys were in? So, yeah. Well, it was really quite entertaining. Uh, because um, it was kind of an outlandish idea. And in fact, we didn't think we were going to win. So, um, And neither of us actually spoke. We had to pick yes. one person. And the person who pitched was actually Juliet. Oh, was it really? Yeah. <laughs> she was on our team. Who we have to specify as the tech lead now yeah. to the startup weekend that's occurring yeah, she here later. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and um, you get a whole team together. So you get all these inputs, and it really does start becoming something kind of real and in a way that is kind of hard to believe because you start getting um, some really good inputs. Like we did have rocket scientists working on our team, and so we're getting like really cool information that was going like, so we could create this with this, and and, and you put these ideas out there, and, and it, it kind of grabs people's attention when you start coming with these ideas that start growing from uh, just like, wow, could that really happen to, hey, that sounds like that could be a real thing. Tell them what the guys would say. Every time there was like something and I'd go, well, well, can we really do that? Yes. Their response was something along the lines of, we can put things in our space. We can figure out how to do this. <laughs> yes. Everything was really cute. It was really cute. So what was the number one thing during demo night that your panel said to you that really made a difference? I'm trying to remember questions. Let's see our panel, or you mean the, the panel, jury panel? Yeah, or, the jury panel, or the demo. Oh, the Q&A, yeah. Yeah, for during the Q&A. The question that I watched, that I watched Juliet like really sell, and I thought, wow, that will never go over, like that's gotta have the lead balloon, was how much it would cost to do a bike share, because at the time, when we came up with this idea, there were maybe 300 bike shares in the whole world. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And we had done the pricing, and remember that we also then like sold an idea that did not exist and wouldn't exist as it turned out for another two years and we would end up betaing that technology. But they were like, so how much will this cost? And I think she said, I don't even remember, but it was like more than a million, right? And I remember thinking, and there's the end of that. <laughs> um, so I was surprised when that didn't deter in this particular situation. Mm -hmm. But that actually turned out to be really meaningful in our own real business because the most significant thing, maybe not the most significant thing, one of the initially significant things that came, was a truth about creating fair bikes is that we went from being a business model that would need a half a million dollars minimum to get started. And because of the our willingness to get to do the elbow grease and to work hand in hand with the engineers, we were able to turn that into a business that could now be launched for, I don't ever remember the fraction. Well, about a tenth of the original price. A tenth, mm -hmm. like 
we in two and a half, three short years, we took something that could have only been a dream for a small rural community because it would have gone into, you would have had to draw on community funds that aren't typically available in a small local community to something that really any small local community can do now. Um, and that, that was actually, that may be like one of the coolest things. Because you can, if you have unlimited funds, you can do anything. Elon Musk is in space, right? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> we're making solar roof tiles. Like, when, no, when resources are not an issue, anything can be done. But part of Startup Weekend is figuring out that you don't have to be king of the world. You can just be somebody who lives in it and still make really cool stuff happen. So one of the cool things about this was just seeing how you could get to um, leaner, quicker, more efficient, more elegant ideas. Um, and the process was amazingly fast. Um, pulling together that team and, and putting ideas together that you never thought were possible, suddenly you're starting to come up with ideas that didn't exist before. And in our case, it turns out they existed within a couple of years. Right. But, but we were already onto that then, that we saw how it could be done this way. And within a year or two, it could be done that way. Mm -hmm. And that made a huge difference in terms of the cost and the, uh, just the ease of launch and every other facet of this. So anyone who's on the fence, who's saying, oh, I, uh, may, well, it sounds like a good idea and all, but do I really, what do I have to offer? Oh, oh, everybody's got something to offer. But, all right, so I won't say the person's name because, um, because, because this story maybe only keeps me because I'm like a, a mommy age or a grown from maybe a grandmommy age. And that is, is there was one person on our team who was very shy, mm -hmm. really smart, really clever, had interesting ideas, and just wasn't somebody who was really comfortable speaking up. And so every time that person had a really good idea, they would lean over and they would whisper it to me. And I was like, you can just say it. They were like, no. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And then I would say it. And then, and then when everybody was like, oh, that's a great idea, I would point to the you know, credit where credit is due. Um, people are excited. They're engaged. They, they, um, it doesn't mean that we think every idea is great. That, that just gets you kind of in a mediocre place. But people are not competitive in a cutthroat way. It's, if you've played Pandemic, it's this board game where in order to win, everybody has to work together. And if you don't work together, then the world dies. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, without the consequence of the world dying... <laughs> it's not unlike that game in that the best stuff comes out of tapping into all of your resources. And that's exactly what it's like. And the maybe coolest part is that when you leave at the end of the night, you might have a real business, but no matter what you leave with at the end of the night, you, in terms of real business or not, you have connected with everybody in this town, um, either, uh, uh, what is that? One degree or two, or, or or maybe two degrees. Like maybe it's a second removed. But with everybody in this town who is game to help you create this thing that you might dream up, um, whether it's business mentors or uh, people who have uh, computer science backgrounds or know how to develop apps or uh, marketing or or just we used to joke that Russ we used to go see Russ like I don't know pretty regularly. And at one point we joked about having to like maybe you know, reevaluate the relationship because 
I was pretty sure that therapist was not meant to be his <laughs> job title, but he was awesome. And, and he understood what it was like that when you build a business, you're invested in it deeply. Um, whether, um, whether you know the other people before you started or whether you meet them there, um, you become emotionally invested. And so knowing, knowing that everybody there is willing to navigate and figure it out and, and, and that there are people in this town who want to help you build the version of Fairbanks that you would like to live in. Um, build the Alaska you want. It's a hashtag, right? Right, right. Build yeah. the Alaska you want. Um, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to live in a community where it's, it's defined by the fact that, um, by the dreamers who created the community they wanted to live in? Like, that's fucking awesome. So it really is kind of like the best party game, but where at the end of it, real things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Startup Weekend 2013 was life-changing for us. Okay. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so at the end, you know, if you've ever seen the show Shark Tank, yeah. it's a little like that where you go and pitch this idea in front of you know, a group of, of course, they're, they're pitching a bunch of venture capitalists, but in, in front of a jury panel that, that very much resembles that. Um, what is so amazing about it is in just like a week, single weekend, you take really kind of random ideas and morph them into something that you get to pitch in front of somebody that actually has some credibility. And it's, it's kind of hard to believe. Another cool thing is, um, is whatever fears you have about failing, about making mistakes, about not getting it right the first time or the 20th time, like, dude, those things just disappear. No matter how anxious you think you are about that. I watched last year's winning team have to pivot their idea. Okay. They started with a, a, a funny idea that Eric had thrown up there. I'm pretty sure that Eric thought that nobody would buy into it. He was just playing along um, and then found himself with the team. Um, so I watched them pivot from the first night's idea to a cool idea that Vince was working on. Um, and then no fewer than, I think, they, I think they had to pivot five times. I, they did their last pivot about what that, that tool and, that, and, that, and a tent Lee could do. Um, like maybe three hours before the final pitch. Really? Seriously, oh, that close? It was wild. <laughs> and and they, were, they were totally in it for um, learning the lessons, right? They did not see it coming, um, what happened afterwards. Um, and what happened afterwards was they won. Right. Which we experienced a similar kind of shock. Like we did not expect to win. And it was awesome when we did, but we didn't expect it. Um, they won, which got them a shot at, um, a spot in the Arctic Innovation Contest. All right, cool. So now they get to do it again, and, and it was a fun thing to do, so right on. And they were not expecting to win. To get into the Arctic Innovation Contest, there's a whole juried process and da-da-da and weeks and whatever, and they had just won it like 10 days before, and they did their pitch and won that. Yeah. And then this past summer... Um, got selected as one of the lean launch businesses. And now these guys who had walked into the hub for the first time, maybe 15 days before the event, um, they're now our neighbors. They have an office over on 7th Avenue and they're, they're turning that 11th hour pitch that they pivoted to into um, a new tech business, a new tech startup here in Fairbanks. That's just freaking cool. I actually want to bring this up. So because we always talk about, you know, people have the idea of new business and innovators are for the young, 
Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying you're old, but but kind of just give me some insight. You have a joke that you that you tell about this, which kind of proves that yes. it's for everybody. Yeah. This event's for everybody. It was funny. So the 2013 event, we found out about it at the very last minute. Um, but we had already been, we had taken a class through Udacity, which is Stanford's, uh, it was their startup distance ed thing, right? And so we'd heard about them and we wanted to go and we found out and... We were like, okay, we're going to go and see what the young and hip are doing. Because nobody looks at John and I and sees young or hip. Um, well, maybe they see hip in John's terms. But um, <laughs> anyway, the point being that hip we... Replacement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we then got there and we were like, uh-oh, we're what's passing for young and hip. Like we were a little bit nervous, but it turns out we were just like old people early and so um, when we walked through the door, it would be like another 15 minutes before sort of the rest of the crowd arrived. And, and then the room was full of people of every age. But, but uh, in 2013, so this year, I turned 50. And You're it's 2017. But, but my point is, is that so this was, this was um, four years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I was over 45 and did not expect when we first walked in the room to feel like the youngest kid in the room. Um, versus, except for like the, uh, the organizers who all looked like babies to me. Um, but no, it, it turned out to be across the, the width and breadth of ages. There were people there who um, I did feel young and hip next to, and there were people who clearly I could have been a parent to. Um, we've been at a startup weekend since then. We became addicted. We've been to all of them now. We were at the next startup weekend. After that, uh, two young girls came just to see what it was about, and ended up uh, coming up with a vending machine that could bake cookies while you waited for them. It was very cool. I, I hope one day they do something cool with it. Um, I, they didn't win, but just, dude, I mean, they were like 12 and 14. Wow, yeah. that young. Yeah. So wow. we've seen, we've seen the, the, I think the, I think the youngest, I think they were the youngest I've seen participate in becoming part of a team. Um, but that's just because I've only ever lived in Fairbanks and I've only been to the three that have happened here. This is your second year organizing them. Third yes. Year? Second uh, the, year. the second year we attended the, um, sort of as coaches, the third year, um, again, uh, we attended, uh, both we, they asked us to come speak and talk about Fairbanks and show them a fair bike and, and talk about what it was like to come out of that. And then last year we, we just, we wanted to give back. It was such a cool thing. And so, and so here we are again. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I want to specify too. When you say here, you're also in the hub, which is kind of its own separate entity. So you almost ended up with like a two for one special. We did. <laughs> we did. Becomes, we're becoming serial entrepreneurs, much to the distress of the people who have to live with us. But <laughs> what's the coolest thing that's come out of Startup Weekend for you, John? Like, what's been like of any start? Well, just yeah, just. So watching as not a participant, but as an observer, uh, the energy, mm-hmm. the creativity, uh, the camaraderie, the, the camaraderie, the breadth of ideas that come together and start coalescing. Um, it's really amazingly cool. I will say something about Fairbanks that I don't know if it's like this everywhere else, but at every Fairbanks startup that I've been to, um, and actually and I'm seeing this become the culture of our businesses in Fairbanks. People helped each other out. That first one that we were at, 
the engineers looked at us at one point, and they're like, hey, there's this group over there, and they're doing this thing, and they, they don't quite know how to do it. Do you mind if we step over there? And I was like, we were like, yeah, yeah, of course, go. You know, like, um, people just looked out for each other, helped each other out, shared skill sets when they could. Um, and we're seeing that not just out of our startup com- weekends, which are kind of like, you know, school or camp orientations or whatever, um, to the world of business, but among, among our peers. Um, Kasha Ostblum, I hope I said that right, of Moose Tards, talked at a, an event during Startup Week, which is a celebration of entrepreneurs. And it was, the, it was kind of almost the end of the evening when she said it, but it felt so good. It resonated so much with me. She was, they were, it was a group of five uh, entrepreneurs whose businesses focused on food in one way or another. And they had a, an audience of maybe a dozen people who were interested in starting food businesses in one capacity or another, um, or were ready to innovate to the next stage. And she looked at them at the end and she said, so you can tell that the five of us up here are friends and that we know each other and that we've been to bazaars and food shows and whatever together. Um, She said, and what I want to say to you is you're living in a great time for this in the sense that when she pointed to Nadav Weiss, who owns Pita Place, she said, uh, when Nadav and I started this 12 and 13 years ago, there wasn't this there wasn't a group of people that we knew we could reach out to and, and say, hey, how do you do this? Have you had this issue with DEC? You know, how do you correct for that? Do you know where to get packaging? She's like, this is a cool thing. You know, you can, there's, here we all are talking about it. And when you need support or need direction or need mentorship, it's available. Um, she's like, I don't know if it's because we live in this far north place or, or if it's something else, but you have a community. And it was such a powerful thing to see people doing well and doing good and, and doing it that in a manner that meant that I grew up on the bay. When the tide comes in, if you've taken care of the boats, they all rise. And, and so I'm inclined to think it's a good thing when we're willing to take care of each other's boats, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a cool thing to hear somebody else articulate that idea. And so that's an interesting point because so the focus on Startup Weekend is actually expanding to food, artists, Absolutely. Um, musicians. Kind of touch on that a little bit about why they expand to focus. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> so playing startups traditionally has sort of tech focus. And that is an exciting and cool area. But obviously that is not every community and certainly not, you know, a huge part of Fairbanks. And yet Fairbanks has lots of small entrepreneurs and we want to be supportive of all those possibilities. And we need all those things. We need more food trucks. We need more, you know, little mom and pop shops. We need more of, you know, dozen other things. And they're all startups. Right. Every community... Main Street has to have, nobody wants their Main Street to be, you know, nothing but Apple stores and, um, I don't know, Converse shops, right, or whatever. <laughs> they, they need diversified funding just like anything else. Um, that said, while we may not be right this moment the tech center of the world, if Elon Musk would like to <laughs> visit Fairbanks, we would love to show him both how beautiful it is and how far his reach could be in a community that 
for a long time has been committed mostly to non-renewable resources. We are not about dismissing that, but let's diversify our funding streams. He, he, he needs to come and learn how to use this 40 below to his advantage. We, exactly. <laughs> what is it? Every problem's an opportunity. Yeah. And, and I just read recently that a gigafactory requires, um, a gigafactory requires almost 300 acres. Well, baby, we got 16 million of them. Show up. We can, you can maybe have your pick. Who knows of the 13 you like, but, um, so, and, and there was a time when your business life or even your personal life was limited to the physical space that you live in, but that isn't the world we live in anymore. The future is now. I use my phone to pay for my groceries. Your fair bike. Right, to my fair bikes, right? Yeah, true, true. Bike we rental. did sort of, you know, lead the way there. Yeah. <laughs> um, people work remotely from the hub in places far away. We have a, a hub coworker who's um, adorable, and she uh, shows up at about 10.30 at night, and she teaches English as a second language to children in China. Seriously? Seriously. So she does that from 10.30 p.m. to 4.30 a.m. The future is now. We are no longer limited simply to the geography within which we live, and there's no reason not to look for ways to um, expand our reach, in terms of resources, human resources, and and to somehow maximize the things that make us an interesting place to be. Cold climate research, no matter what that means. Think of what a solar a solar roof tile that can handle 40 below and our weird angle well, in the, the circumpolar, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm telling you, Elon Musk needs to take a needs to come on up. I'm prepared to send an invitation. We're excited about it. Well, thank you, you guys. Thank you. And I look forward to participating in the cheer as whatever I'm going to be doing, taking photos. I'm looking forward to it, too. I know. <laughs> it's going to be good fun. Yep. Weekend Fairbanks 2017 is Friday, September 22nd through Sunday the 24th at The Hub on 410 2nd Avenue. Information about the organizers, sponsors, facilitator, and the link to tickets are available at fairbanks.startupweekend.org. Before I go, I want to move to the other extreme. This year is Vogue Magazine's 125th anniversary. To put that in perspective, it is the same age as the Nutcracker and one year younger than the official game of basketball. Checking out this month's anniversary issue is an example of marketing at its best. Ads for nearly every major fashion label are featured in a continuous spread that illustrates the many ways one message can be branded. The mix of scene, costuming, photography, illustration, and lettering made the collection worthy of its own gallery show. Congratulations, Vogue. It gives relatively young businesses like my own and future startups something to work towards. And that's it for this episode of So Stereotypical. Subscribe to our feed on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Follow my company, Page Sculptor Studios, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And sign up for the Page Sculptor Studios newsletter for more marketing tips at pagesculptorstudios.com. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. It's time to go. Wait a minute. We're not going. Oh, yeah. 
So Stereotypical is a Page Sculptor Studios production.